really the atheist is borrowing from a Christian worldview when they're saying there is meaning or there is purpose to life. Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm Blaine Larson, and today we're going to discuss why even bother with God. My guest for this discussion is Dr. John Hopper. John earned his bachelor's degree in economics at Trinity, a master's degree in exercise science from the University of Houston, another master's degree in transformational leadership from Bethel University, and his doctorate in apologetics from Biola. John, thank you for joining us, man. Oh, it's great to be with you today, Belaine. So, uh, so where do we start thinking about this conversation? Yeah. Well, boy, lots of people, I, I think, are not even thinking about God these days, right? So, I mean, why even bother with God's? So I think a lot of people sort of look at God as being maybe boring. That's probably maybe the best thing they could say about him, restrictive, maybe even dangerous. So uh, if you believe in God, that's all right, but, you know, just go ahead and go to your corner and and keep it to yourself. But uh, um, I just don't really see the value of God. I think that's what a lot of people are are thinking. And I think it's a, it's a reasonable question. I certainly don't want to be believing in something that isn't real or true or is just a fantasy. And so uh, um, I think to, to sort of wrestle with the question, why even bother with God, is, is really good. And you had an experience with somebody recently, a conversation, right, that really ties in well to this topic? Yeah. So I, I was actually in a living room with a, a number of sort of 20s and 30s and, and uh um, just having just kind of open conversation about God and religion, and, and and one woman in particular, she she really she said, "I'm free." She had some sort of religious background. I didn't really sort of figure that all out, but at some point along the line, in fact, just a couple of years prior to this conversation, she had decided God was not worthy of her time or effort, and she declared herself to be an atheist, and she said that at that point she felt free. Instead of these rules or restrictions, she could just sort of go on living as she wanted to go on. And so for her, right, why why bother with with God? He just got in the way of, of her life. And, and another fellow that was a part of that conversation and in the room, he he at one point said, you know, when I was a teenager, I, I gave God a try. And I wondered, well, I wonder what that means. And I asked him what that meant. And he said, well, um, I went to this church and they told me about God. And so I thought, okay, I'll start believing in God. And he did it for six months. And he said it didn't work. So he decided not to believe in God anymore. And so that's where he's at today. Um, Why even bother with God? It doesn't seem to be useful or helpful so um, I think a lot of people are kind of at that point today. And I would imagine those are just example stories of, of all kinds of, of conversations that you've had being on staff with Search over uh, the last handful of years down in, in Houston. This is a big mm. topic. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. Why should we bother with God? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I, one of the ways I like to look at it, Blaine, is I think there's a lot of things that that we may not understand that still add a lot of value to our life. Um, I'm, I'm not a car guy, 
So, um, I mean, I like a car to get around town, but I don't really understand how everything works in a car. So if, you know, if you sort of pop the hood and look underneath it and you ask me, you know, what's this and what's that, you know, there's maybe a couple things I'd be able to point out, but there's an awful lot under that hood that I have no idea what it does. So, you know, if I get inside the car, there's things I know, you know, I know what they do. I know what the steering wheel does. I know what, you know, the brake pad does. I know, you know, how to make the windows go up and down, all that stuff I'm good with, but that stuff under the hood, like, you know, what's that for? But if I got under the hood and I just started removing things, there's a really good likelihood that I'm going to find out real fast that uh, there was a purpose for whatever that thing was under the hood. And so, you know, there's just an example of how uh, we can... There can be things in our life that we may not understand their value or purpose, but boy, if we took them out, we would see real quickly that uh, um, there's a value to it. And I think that's the same with God as well. Sometimes we can think, well, if, uh, if, you know, if we don't even believe in God, that's fine. My life just sort of goes on you know, as is. But, but perhaps if God really wasn't real, that it would have a greater impact than we, we think it would if we took him out from underneath the hood. So what kind of things are you talking about? What yeah. kind of things could we lose from life yeah. if there was no God? Yeah, very good. Um, well, I think one of them might just be um, might be meaning. But let me let me sort of uh, sort of back up just a little bit here and and just talk to you about what a universe would look like without God. So a universe without God, and and, and this isn't sort of you know, my invention, right? So this is what would be sort of taught in schools today. A universe would, without God would be a universe that's just by chance. That sometime, long time ago, you know, we, we got the Big Bang, and, and there isn't necessarily a purpose behind that. It just, it just happened. And, and the different cosmological constants that rule our universe, boy, it's just how the dice rolled out. And then at some point in time, you know, a couple of elements came together and they created sort of the first complex molecule and then it sort of went on from there and eventually uh, biological life came out. But it was just a sequence of rolls of the dice. That's all it was, was chance. So if there is no God, if, that's, if, if we don't take God out of the picture, then that's really what we're, we're left with. And so if we come to the sort of the question of meaning and we say, well, what's lost without God? One of the things I think we have to recognize is that we don't usually assign meaning to things that come about by chance. So let's say that you've got a Scrabble uh, box and it's on the table and, you know, your cat jumps up on the table and knocks it down and all these pieces are strewn onto the floor. And so you see uh, an X there and a P there and an L there on the, on the ground. You usually don't look at that, all those tiles that are on the ground and say, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what the meaning of these letters are and their positioning. Of course you wouldn't do that, right? You just say it's, it's chance, right? So, um, and even if it ha- happened to, you know, a couple letters came together to make a word, like, it would be pretty substantial if, even if you got a, a short word like yes, Y-E-S, right? You might take a picture of it and post it so your friends could see, hey, look what happened when I, my, you know, the box fell off the table. But you probably wouldn't say yes to the job tomorrow <laughs> just because you saw these tiles on the ground that said, that said yes because it came about by chance. There's no meaning to those letters that are on, 
on the ground. So why can't you create your own meaning, hmm. though? So yeah. if there's no God, I mean, I hear people all the time. There's, I mean, podcasts about this. Why, why can't you just make your own meaning? Right. Absolutely. So what I'm saying here is not that people don't have a sense of meaning, because I think they often do. But it's, it's, it's a sense that really doesn't have any grounding. So I can look at, for example, those strewn letters on the ground and say, oh, well, the L, L means love and the P means peace. And I can as- begin to assign different meaning to those letters. But that's just me uh, assigning meaning. There's not really any meaning in the letters themselves. So there was no message that was purposed there for, for me to have. And so... Um, so Again, I'm not saying that people can't have meaning. I'm just saying that there's no grounding to the meaning. And so essentially we do lose objective meaning when we take out God from underneath the hood. If, if he didn't purpose us and sort of give us a meaning, then we're just happenstance creatures. Well, it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, so what else would we lose? Um, We'd also lose purpose, I think. So there's a little difference between meaning and purpose. And, and one of the things I should add here, Blaine, is that when I say there's sort of a loss of meaning, it, it's not something really that I've come up with. So I'm not smart enough to necessarily sort of think through all of these things. But if you look at some of the famous sort of atheist thinkers, even, say an Albert Camus of the, of the uh, 19th century, or, or I guess he would be into the the 20th century. Um, he, he, he was perhaps the greatest uh, philosopher of that time, sort of atheist philosopher, and he's the one that's saying, life is absurd. There is no real meaning. There is no purpose. So, um, so this idea here is not something that uh, Christians come up with to sort of, you know, get into the atheist mind, like there's no meaning, there's no purpose. No, these ideas are actually ideas that the atheists themselves have recognized, that there isn't meaning or purpose. Um, so in terms of purpose, for example, is um, uh, if I'm carrying a, uh, a load of laundry, I'm headed down the hall, and, and, uh, and I go and I, and I fold that the, that laundry up and I put it on the shelf in, sort of in a particular room and so that when my guests come, it's there. So those, those, tile, or those towels are there on purpose there There's, because I've intended something with sort of their placement and the way that they're folded. If, however, I'm walking down the hall and someone bumps into me and those, uh, those clothes just land on the floor, and then someone were to come to me and say, you know, what's the purpose of these, the position of these towels and why are they on the floor? I would say, well, there is no purpose. They just bumped out onto the, onto the floor. And if there is no God, right, and again, we are just here by chance, just by a roll of the dice, then essentially we're laundry that's just fallen on the floor. So any search for purpose, any search for meaning becomes entirely subjective. Entirely subjective. That's right. So, um, again, there was no intention of, of, of any God to sort of put us here for any reason. It's just what the, the lottery has sort of bumped out. So. You know what's interesting about this conversation to me, John, is that uh, people don't talk like there's no meaning and purpose mm. To our lives, absolutely. Re- regardless of what they believe or don't believe about God, I mean, there's something about this that 
strikes at our core. And when we're not nuancing our words, I think most of us talk and act and think like there is meaning, there is purpose. We want to figure it out. That's right. That's right. Because I think, I think from a Christian perspective, at least, we were made with meaning and we were made with purpose. And so uh, there is within sort of the human soul this drive for meaning and purpose. And uh, so I think that uh, it, it makes sense why we're sort of pushing in that direction. Now, what's interesting to me is that really the atheist is borrowing from a Christian worldview when they're saying there is meaning or there is purpose to life. So now I said that the sort of the strongest sort of atheist thinkers, they have actually come to the conclusion that there isn't meaning or purpose. But surely your average atheist on the street, they don't really, they're not really thinking of that. So one of my favorite quotes is um, from a guy named William uh, Provine. He's a, he's a professor at Cornell University, and he, he talks about the idea that well, if there's, there's no gods, then there's no purposes at all. And there's no meaning to life at all. And I think he's an honest atheist there. Uh, but again, sort of most, most people have sort of gone the road of atheism. They don't realize that without God, if you take God out from under the hood, um, this thing that is so important to us, meaning and purpose, it, it goes out too. All right. Meaning, purpose, what else are we losing? Yeah. Well, this might be really surprising to you. Um, but although it's sort of coming into uh, some sort of popular understanding today, but we actually lose free will as well. Really? Yeah. So, okay, how? Yeah, how? so, you know, this morning I, you know, I got up and you know, decided what I was going to wear, and I, you know, got in my car and decided where I was going to go and, and, you know, made all those little different choices. And you say, well, you know, you could have chosen otherwise, and we have that sense of free will. But in a perspective without God, we're just— biochemical machines programmed by DNA, by things that have occurred in the historical past over millions of years, okay, and, uh, and we're responding to our environment around us. And, and essentially, we cannot respond in any other way. We're just dancing to our DNA. That's, that's all, we're, all we're doing. So um, if that's the case, boy, um, it kind of makes for a, a uh, sort of a weird world, right? So we think that we're choosing, you know, the payday candy bar versus the chocolate bar, but when we choose the payday, it's because somehow in our past, you know, maybe our ancestors, you know, lived where there was a famine and peanuts were all they could eat. And so we have this little <laughs> latent peanut desire. And, and so when we get to the candy store, we think we choose one or the other, and we didn't. So f- sort of free will goes goes out the window. And that's odd for ourselves. It's like, wait a second, I thought I was making these choices. In fact, my choices are what even sort of shapes who I am. But it's also odd because when we look at other people's choices, we're now in this place where can we really ever judge them or evaluate them or say they are good or bad when they're just doing what they're programmed uh, to do? Well, that's that's where my mind goes immediately. Is you think of somebody who's a criminal, hmm. absolutely. You think of uh, justice. Yeah, yeah. How so, do you how do you sustain justice? That's right. Exactly. How do you hold somebody accountable for something they didn't do? Yeah, 
And I think that's kind of the next loss, really. Not only to lose free will, but then we lose justice with, without God. Because where's, where's the standard, right? So where's the standard of right and wrong? And, when, and where, how are we accountable to any standard if we're just doing what we are programmed to do by chance, really? So, um, so boy, we, we really, we're starting to take stuff out from underneath the hood here, and the car's not running so well. So, um, and, you know, if we're in that position, too, where we sort of take out sort of free will and we take out justice, um, we're, we're in this place where even the most vile things become, well, we can't, we can't really say that's not right. So, I mean, you think of, say, even what Hitler did in, with Nazism, it was really all about survival of the fittest. We're the Aryan race. We're better than everyone else. We're going to sort of, sort of propagate this race, sort of eliminate other races, Okay. Well, if we, if we truly do live in a survival of the fittest world, how can we really say that's bad, right? How are we in a position to do that? So if, if, if one species of ant is stronger than another species of ants and they want to sort of destroy their colony, you know, and we were just looking at it from above, would we say that was wrong? We'd say, no, it's just the way of the wild. Well, why don't we do that with people, right? Uh, I think we don't do that with people because... I think, in a way, God has imbued us with a sense of justice and a sense of, of free will and a sort of a reality even of that more than just a sense. And, but when we take God out, boy, that evaporates. So I think it might be a good time if you can explain to us the idea of philosophical grounding. Hmm. Because that's really what you're getting at here, yeah. that—, that Nobody's running around saying what Hitler did is mm, great. That's right. You're a nut if you. Yeah. Say, so we all have this sense that that's wrong, and there's mm-hmm. there's lots of other things we yeah. could point to that there's a collective sense of right and wrong. There's a collective sense of justice should be done here mm-hmm. in this case or not, and so forth, and on down the line mm-hmm. of even the things we've talked about already. But that's based on this idea of ground. You've got to the, mm. you got to hit the bottom at some point. So can yeah. you explain that and why that's important? Why can't you just believe in good and evil and justice and all that kind of stuff without having to figure out where it rests. Hmm. Well, you certainly could believe in all of those, all of those things that you, you mentioned there. Um, but uh, let's say that we do have a collective belief about something. Uh, but that collective belief um, may not be what we now sit and say is v- very virtuous. So the American South, for example, with slavery, it was built in many regards on this idea that the white man was superior to the black man. That was the, the thinking, right? So, and it was the majority thinking. So it was the collective reasoning of what was right and wrong. So if we don't have something sort of underneath that actually provides us with the, the, the reality of what is right and wrong, then how would we ever change that kind of collective reasoning, right? There has to be something where we do hit rock bottom that, that says, we were thinking it was this way, but now that we've sort of come up against this roadblock, it obviously isn't this way. So 
It's sort of like if you you drill down and it's all real soft soil and then all of a sudden you hit rock or hard pan or something like that. It's like, well, maybe we have to drill a little bit differently. We've got to go a little different direction with this. And so I think that's the case with uh, concepts of morality or or um, justice is uh, eventually we've got to find out what's at the, at the rock bottom so that we can sort of uh, live rightly and in accordance with that. So that was really uh, Martin Luther King's appeal. So, right, he's dealing with people in the South who the majority believe that it is proper to, to subjugate the black man. And so what is he going to appeal to, right? And he appeals to really a law beneath the law, a, a moral law that God gave. And if we don't have that, you take that out of the picture, then it's just power struggles then. It's just who can sort of get more people to vote for their cause than and the other, and we can go all kinds of crazy ways. Thank you for that. Great explanation. So we're looking under the hood yeah. of life. We're saying if, if there's no God, there's a sense of a, a loss of meaning, of purpose, free will, mm-hmm. justice, mm-hmm. morality. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's lots of other things, yeah. but, but we've scratched the surface anyway. Those are five big things that we lose if there's no God. And so, John, uh, for me, for our listeners, what would you like us to walk away from this conversation thinking about? Hmm. You know, one of the things I think it's sort of a misconception about Christianity is that it's all about the sweet by and by. That, you know, there's something on the other side, and so believe in God, and, you know, so you can be on his good side so that when you die, you know, everything's great. And, and it's it is true Christianity speaks of something great on the other side, that God has uh, prepared something for those who are willing to trust in him. And so, frankly, whatever would happen in this life, it's sort of worth betting uh, and sort of putting your chips to the center of the table so that you can be on that, that other side. So, But what I, I think would be really helpful for the listeners today is that all the things that I mentioned don't have to do with the sweet by and by at all. They have to do with what we lose today. So we lose any grounding for meaning today, any grounding for purpose, any grounding for justice, uh, for morality, for free will. And you know, those things really, they're, they're what we call kind of our life, our identity, Right? We say, well, who are you? Well, I'm a person who believes in this, and I think this is what's right, and this is what I'm after, and this is my purpose in life. Those are all the things that we use to define ourselves, and yet if there is no God, then sort of the, the foundation is sort of pulled out from underneath us, and it's sort of a, just a fantasy world. In fact, one of the thinkers, uh, the atheist thinkers that talked about the things that we're talking about said, the best we could really do is just live out a noble lie. A noble lie. So we just live in a world of fantasy. And uh, so I just want people to sort of recognize that, boy, if we take God out uh, from underneath the hood, um, it really makes a difference, not just in terms of an eternal future, but uh, for right now, today. Fantastic thoughts. 
John, thank you. You've left me with a lot to think about, and I'm sure you've left everyone listening with a lot to think about. And I want to thank y'all for listening to The Search Podcast. If you liked this conversation, please do subscribe and share it with your friends. We would love to continue the conversation with you. So if you have a question or a topic that you'd like to see us discuss on the podcast, email us, podcast at searchnational.org. And in the show notes for this podcast, you'll find links to the resources uh, we may have mentioned or anything else we think you'll find interesting. So until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.